Welcome to Girl, How'd That Happen, where the stories of successful female entrepreneurs unfold. I'm your host, Ashley Braswell, here to facilitate the conversation with some of our favorite female entrepreneurs. In each episode, we dive into the real journey of these ambitious women. They share not just successes, but the raw challenges and failures they have faced along the way. Whether you're just starting out or you know the ropes of business well, this podcast was made for you. Our guests value integrity, creativity, and resilience. They're here to offer not just inspiration, but practical tips and insights that align with the goal of building a business, yes, but more importantly, building a legacy. So join us as we say, girl, how'd that happen? I am so excited for today's podcast guest. Her name is Mariah Stockman, and you have most likely heard me talk about her before. She and I have been biz besties for a few years now. She actually slid into my DMs in 2020, and we ended up spending the most wonderful weekend together in Palm Springs when I took both of my kids out there. It's just a crazy story. She has done so much in her career, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear how she got started in her own business. So grab a cup of coffee, snuggle in, and let's get started. Hello, hello. Good morning, and welcome to today's episode of Girl How That Happened. I have a very special guest today. I have Mariah Stockman, who is one of my very, very best biz besties and one of my first biz besties. We have a really cool story, but we're going to tell that one next week for Biz Bestie Week. Thank you for coming on. I have been so excited about your interview. Like, I cannot even begin to tell you. Well, I love you. I told my husband that I was talking with you today and he always, he's so funny. He always goes, Ash, definitely the old brand. Yeah. My I know. I'm bringing you. It's Ash. It's never not going to be Ash Dash in my world, but yeah, Ash Dash. And then he always goes, Palm Springs, Ash Dash. And I'm like, mm. yes, for sure. Yes. Okay. So next week you're coming on for Biz Bestie Week and we're going to talk about our Palm Spring, my first adventure. Biz Bestie. I mean, put it in a playbook, you know, get yourself a Biz Bestie like day one. And that's, I, I'll never forget you just like laying in bed. You were like bedridden, pregnant, and I was like not a mom yet. And I'm just sort of like this girl. She's such a powerhouse. I don't know what she's doing over there, but she's like making babies, making business. Like let's go. And now that I'm a mom, I totally understand now. Oh yeah, you had to work when you were in that bed because you were probably gonna go crazy. Yeah. Anyways, crazy I- and broke. If I did, <laughs> if I did it work, then yeah. no possibility for that. But. I'm excited to talk today. Let's go. Yes. Okay. So Girl Called That Happened, obviously, is just learning about what you did to get started, what you do now. And then we'll talk a little bit about like what you do if you're starting over again today, because the whole point of the podcast is to empower other women who maybe are like a little not as far along or, you know, just you can't do what you don't know about. And so just yeah, some awareness to learn, like, how did you get started? What, how did you decide? What are you doing now? So tell us what you're doing now. So as of currently, I'm the founder of Made for Mothers, which is company, business, community, whatever you want to call it, universe that supports mothers in business. We have monthly meetups. So we have a podcast. We have online education. Mostly the goal for Made for Mothers is to create a widespread network where mothers have support, friendship, connection, education to grow their business while also growing their community because the one thing about motherhood is the mental load of motherhood is very very real so oh my gosh I have to have the doctor's appointments and the groceries and play dates and all of that and the limiting belief of beliefs you know of entrepreneurship are also very real so mothers 
are uniquely positioned to feel guilt yes. or fear or anxiety or shame or not enough or stress or anxiety in both of these roles, you know, concurrently. So moms are hurt. I feel bad for us. But yeah. also we are like big dreamers and we are hustlers and we are purpose driven because any mom who's also running a business has to absolutely identify and love and have so much alignment in that business because it's yeah. really, really hard to sacrifice time with your family and go run a business. I think if you didn't love your business, you would probably go and do like maybe a more traditional corporate type track because we all know running a business is so much work and then throw babies in there. I mean, that's you know made for mothers. We have monthly meetups. I actually just had a really exciting meeting with Natalie. Yes. If anyone knows her yesterday, who just she just like poured into me. She is the founder of Rising Tide Society, which is now in a different iteration. But she just poured into me yesterday and sort of helped me create a roadmap for spreading Made for Mothers like nationally. And so this is the next season of Made for Mothers. But I'm also a marketing mentor, business mentor for moms in business and a podcast host for Made for Mothers podcast. Dude, I love your journey to get to mm. because we've been talking about this in some way or another but it started out just being women because we're both super passionate about yes. women and i've always been super passionate about moms when i became a mom and then became yeah. a business owner because like you said there's so much like all and it's just constant and if you don't have people in your life it gets like fogged i know i yeah. know i know and you're you know you being like my first biz bestie and i wasn't a mom when we became it's just, it's just so crazy to think about like our personal evolution, but we'll talk about that during this bestie week next week. But yeah, it, it is. I also, I appreciate you saying that because the evolution has been real. And that's why I love this conversation that you're having with women and about like, Hey, how did that happen? Because I have a degree in social work. Yeah. Yeah. That was saying, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I have a degree in social work. I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. I wanted to work with families who are like, you know, struggling with like abuse and domestic violence and you know youth and all of that and here I am you know talking to people about their messaging and their brand voice and their niche and empowerment and mindset it's it's crazy yeah. it's such a crazy evolution yeah but here we are well the thing is too I think that people who are listening if you have a business like they probably also understand like the evolution is so unpredictable I feel like you just don't know where you're going to go. But also for someone who doesn't have a business, it's super hard, I think. And even when I started my first business to think, okay, I am now a social worker. Okay. How am I going to, like, I would look at you and be like, I want to do what she's doing, but I have no idea how to even get started. Like, right. What did I even do? So what were you doing in like the traditional space before you opened your own business? Yeah. And then what did it look like for you kind of stepping out on your own and doing all that? And I know you have pivots in your business as well. So- Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I have I have pivots in my business, but mostly I have pivots in my life. So I'm from Santa Cruz, California, and I had a very big, beautiful life there. And I had a very big, beautiful career there. I was in nonprofit work. I was doing large scale community fundraising, like helping raise like a million dollars for multiple nonprofits every year through this program called the Human Race. I worked for United Way. I worked for like legacy organizations. I have my degree in social work and public health, but I really got into the marketing and fundraising track through the nonprofit world because I had a really wonderful mentor, which when I talk about mentorship, like one single mentor 
mentor, Keisha Frost, like changed my entire trajectory because here I was, I was a community organizer in a nonprofit. I was in my early twenties and she saw me and she said, I think you're designed for marketing. And I said, well, I really want to be like a direct service provider. I, I believe in health and human services. So I had to do a lot of internal shifts away from, well, maybe I'm not going to go get my MSW. Maybe I'm not going to go down the social work track and maybe I can be supporting large system changes, which is what I care about, which is creating healthier systems for family units. It's so crazy. The full journey circle is so crazy for me because I started my career wanting to make healthier family units. And now many iterations later, I'm still helping create healthy family units because I am uplifting and rising and supporting and speaking on behalf and advocating for mom and helping other moms advocate for themselves too. And yeah, it might not be through like drug, alcohol, abuse, all of this, like more like social issue work, but flexibility and financial freedom and financial literacy and wealth, you know, growth and generational growth and healing trauma around your ability to make money is for sure shifting systems within moms. So back up, I was in nonprofit work. I did that for a decade. I mean, Ashley, I have like a mug here. It's like this big stein and it has an award. It says like give back person of the year. I mean, this was like a eight path I was on. Mm -hmm. I probably could have been a director in a nonprofit within a few years. And I probably could have like been on city council. I probably, you know, and I'm not like tuning my own It's just that this definitely, this is that world there in a smaller so I was in nonprofit work and then guess what? I meet my husband, swipe, swipe, Tinder. He's out. He's every red flag. Oh my God. He's every red flag. He's like in town for a work trip. He lives in DC, which is funny because now I'm like, he lived in the suburbs of DC, but okay, whatever. I'll give it to you. You know, he's, you know what I mean? Like he's an East Coaster. I just remember being like, you are dressed too nice to be from Santa Cruz, which anyone who ever listens to this from Santa Cruz will totally understand. (laughs) I was like, I saw his shoes and I was like, you don't live here. Like you're way too put together. Anyways, we're like a little online love story. We end up dating for two years. He ends up not being a single red flag. He ends up being all white, all flag systems go. We fall in love really, really hard, really fast. And we decide, hey, we're going to do this two year long distance. And we fly back and forth and it was such a fantasy and so beautiful. And we got end up getting married in Michigan, like halfway through, halfway point. So all of our families can meet in the middle. And we got married in like his grandma's farm. And anyways, we had to pick a coast. I had to pick East Coast or West Coast. And if anyone's been in this position, it's not easy. I will say I have so much empathy and love for anyone who has to pick up and move in their 30s. Who doesn't really want to, but like wants to be with their person, but doesn't really want to leave that whole. I mean, I left it all. I mean, I left like 60 women coming to my bridal shower. I mean, and that was like, but those are my 60 best friends. Like I can't make that list any. So, but we chose Loudon for a lot of different reasons. And really that was like the first big sacrifice I made for the future of our family, because I knew I wanted to raise babies and I knew I wanted to raise our family out here. And that was a huge leap of faith because we weren't pregnant yet. We didn't have that family yet, you know? 
but there was a lot of determining factors and that was not an easy decision, but we went for it. And when I came out here, I mean, Ashley, I could have gotten it. I mean, hello, we're like in the suburbs, not DC. Yeah. Suburbs of yeah. AC. Oh, no. I could have gotten any, any nonprofit oh, yeah. large. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting next to the headquarters of almost every single like global nonprofit. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. But I was so burnt out. I was so burnt out. And I was like, profit work is a young person's game. I really do believe that. It's a very specific type of life. And it's a very specific type of sacrifice that you're making with your finance, just the whole thing. You're underpaid, yeah. you're overworked. There's a lot of exploitation of the workforce. There's a lot of systems that I can't agree with. I was like fundraising for my own pay, but I believe deeply in systems change. And I was doing marketing and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out on my own. And it, I can't believe I did it. I mean, it was like six months before a pandemic. I didn't have any network here. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. But I had this skill set and I had done a lot of consulting in my nonprofit world. I'd done a lot of consulting and I'd done a lot of training and I was doing a lot of social media and I was teaching nonprofits about social media. And I had someone tell me like, hey, you should just start a social media management agency. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. Sure. Fine. Fine. Yeah. When you and I met. Yeah. Like I had no idea what I was doing. And I will say even if you don't know how to do something, all you have to do, all you need is like the want and the why. And my why was I want to help women in business. I want to support women. I want to still be working with helping women with all of that generational financial literacy piece. And I want women to make more money. I was on a soapbox for women making more money. And that happens through transformational marketing and messaging and social media and having access to knowing how to actually market your business, to be able to sell your business, to be able to increase revenue. So that's basically how I started in business. And it is a really crazy journey for me to look back and see, wow, that was really bold of me. Just <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like oh. threw an idea up on the wall and it stuck. And then it ended up becoming like a multi six figure business really quick and really fast. And it was, I grew a big team and I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was awesome until then it wasn't, but <laughs> it was awesome. There was a good season of it being awesome. And lately I've been really focusing on the like, but then it wasn't. Um, and so it is fun to think back, like, but wait a minute, when I met you, I loved it. And yeah, like, you did. It's so fun to grow like a big business like that. And it was really empowering and really, I learned so much and I did so much wrong and I just kept chugging along and asking for help and you know so anyways that that's the very long-winded journey of how I got to where I am well I love that though because yes when we met you I didn't realize you were that new into yeah. business I thought you were because the way you did your work like the, mm -hmm. the people and then maybe it's because you did have so much experience mm -hmm. previously in it as well but your work was always so beautiful and just everything it always looked so nice and so which is not super common right especially not in like 2020 right but meeting you was like just so crazy but I think what was more like it just like soul connection between the two of us was how passionate you were and then we were talking about doing something together that was helping women in business too as way back in the day I know can you imagine like we literally hadn't even met in person yet and we're like let's do business together and we got pretty far we down the road before we we're both like okay we did like an LLC we I filed LLC yeah 
for us. We like had, we had a social media manager. We had a whole, we had this whole side business called She Goes, which was going to be a retreat company. But then like so many things happened. I ended up getting pregnant. I mean, we went to Palm Springs. We did a photo shoot for it. Yeah, we did. I mean, that's the first time we met. We went to Palm Springs, but it's a different podcast. <laughs> and so there was definitely like like shoots of other businesses happening. You know, I, yeah. I have like some logos for like a camper van rental company yeah. that I created because I would kind of like rent out camper vans. Yes. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of like like other business oper- like ideas that would offshoot. But yeah, when we first met, my business was... You know, like I wasn't new, but my business was new. And so I think right. that that's something to, for if I could encourage anyone who listens to this, like your skill set is your skill set. It doesn't matter how long you've been actually selling your services as like a solo entrepreneur. Your skill set is your business, no matter what that is. Like, I don't care if you know how to cut hair or if you can design gardens or you make the best sourdough bread, like that's your skill set and no one can take that away from you. And that is what your business is. And then how you put it out into the world, all of that you can learn. You can exactly. learn how to how to have a business. But if you have something that people want and people want to sell, I mean, excuse me, people want to buy, that's your business. And that's, yeah. that's harder. My husband has been wanting to be an entrepreneur since the day he was born and he just doesn't have like the thing, you know? And he's like, he's always like, gosh, I just wish I, what would that, what would my business be? And I'm like, I, I can't, I figure that out. I mean, I probably maybe could, but I can't figure that out for you. You know, like you have to have that thing that you love and you're passionate about and then everything else around it is teachable and learnable and figure outable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love too, like, there's, there's a point of like, you just have to do it. You just have to take yeah. the leap, make the jump. And I think for a lot of people, what makes it easier is letting it start as a side hustle and then doing a slow transition out of mm-hmm. whatever they're doing. And for some people that works, like absolutely. Yeah. And then for some people, it's like, they're not going to take it seriously until they have to take it seriously. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how you did it. I mean, you were a photographer and then you started doing ads and you were still shooting families you know, while you were building your ad business because you've got your ad client and then you're like, oh, I can maybe go into an agency model. And uh, some people do have that, that some people are privileged in that regard that they can sort of do that slow transition yes. from one, from one role to another role or one business to another business. And I was really lucky when I moved across the country, I had already left my job. I was working like a little bit like per diem for my nonprofit, like kind of training the teams up and leaving that director role. And I was making sure there was sustainability at that nonprofit before I started figuring out what I was going to do here. But we also had like, we lived in a condo. We, you know, my husband had a full-time job. Like, like we were not, I wasn't stepping into a lot of overhead where I could take that time to build my business. And there wasn't a lot of that like financial pressure because we were living really modestly. I mean, what's so funny though, I sometimes really miss that condo. Like I really sometimes miss just... There's no lower pace of everything or something. Yeah. There's something really like nostalgic for me of like, oh yeah, we're just in this like little condo and it's, you know, there's pools and, you know, we have a pool now. It's different. You know, I don't know. There's just something about this like small kind of, you know, anyways. having a toddler now, I do not miss that condo. Henry would destroy that place. But yeah, anyways, that, yeah. that season of life is really nostalgic for me. Yeah, I mean, it is it is different getting started and all the things, but also, like, I think it takes a bit of bravery and just vision. And I think that's one of the harder things when you're getting started, at least for was for me, was having the vision for what it could be. Even though my vision was so limited at the time, it was enough to 
it encouraged me and inspired me to take a step. And I think that it's hard to have a vision if you've never seen what is actually possible. Yeah. So that's like the biggest thing for this show, this podcast is that I want people to see like, this is not like you didn't have a 10 step business plan when you started. No, you, and I couldn't have anyone around me doing this. You know, yeah. I don't come. Yeah. I, I mean, I won't get into that, but I don't have some like family unit that was like pouring into me to do this or showing me or I mean, this is a, I, it's a very different, I have like a very different life than yeah. anyone I, than a lot of people that I know. And that could be, some of that could be based on where I'm from and, and sort of the norm there. And I will say I did move to an area, you know, I see Kelsey on here. Hi, Kelsey. I did move. Oh, I forgot. This is also going to be on a podcast. So that's going to sound really weird that <laughs> saying hi on an IG live and then someone on a podcast is going to hear me say hi to someone on IG live. <laughs> well, hi, Miss Sleep. Kelsey is on here. And it's funny because she lived in Seattle for a little bit and now she's back in Northern Virginia. And I think she would agree with me that this, I also moved to a very like entrepreneurial, work hard, play hard, like limiting beliefs aren't really, I mean, we all have them, but this is, this is an area that is like, oh, you have a business idea? Like, let's go. Like, almost every person I'm surrounded with here owns a business. Really? And is and, and yeah, I mean, it's very, like my best friend, Lauren, she owns her own business. Like, a lot of people, even if they work for someone, maybe they're like teaching yoga on the side. Like, there's so much, there's so much sort of like possibility, potential resources here. And I think that it's a very much like a cultural thing being so close to D.C., but I do believe that it encouraged me because all of a sudden there was all these like communities of women who owned businesses. And did I like some of those communities? Yes. And did I not relate to some of them? Yeah, for sure. But there's definitely like an entrepreneurial mindset here that I I think really like poured into my ability to say yes to owning my own business more so than maybe where I'm born and raised, which is this beach town lifestyle which is let's let's work for sure but let's work just enough so we can play and we can go to the beach and like do i miss that for sure you know like i like knowing that like at lunch break everyone was gonna just like be at the beach and you know whatever and it's just it's just a different it's a trade-off for sure and we can't i mean we're all plagued wanting to be in multiple places at once all the time you know i would love to be living on a farm in 100 acres but then also in downtown Alexandria and then also on a cul-de-sac. I mean, that's just, like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> for sure. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm always like, Luke, let's just move to Europe for like a whole summer yeah. and just pretend like this is our yeah. life. <laughs> no, but then I'm also like, but let's live in a, on a high rise and have, you know, a dorm yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so would it be cool to live in New York city? Oh my gosh. I feel the same way. It's like, I just want to experience all the, and then I see like, like a farm someone like having like a flower farm with their kids running around naked with like you know chickens and I'm like that's my life I want that life it's like, oh, God, yeah I know I know it's I a know. lot it's hard up here I think anyways it's interesting though because like in today's age right like things weren't like this 50 years ago the ability to even see different possibilities like that I don't know you know like I think about my grandparents who grew up well, my grandfather was in the, in the military, so they moved a lot. So I think they probably had more visibility to different ways mm -hmm. of life than most of the families that in that time, mm -hmm. because it was like you grew up in the same town, you got married from someone in that town, you mm -hmm. stayed in that town, like you had your kids, all the things. And then you had a job that you had seen in that town, whether it was at like a factory or maybe it was more like a blue collar job or whatever. Yeah. Like, like the telephone company or. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like we have so much more access now. Like I don't think that if if, I know if it wasn't for the internet and like movies and stuff, which we all know is so true, but (laughs) the internet really just brings so much awareness. And I think visibility to different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And it just, for me, it kind of opened my eyes and also gave me the, I don't know if I say the inspiration or just like the, I guess it's the perspective more Mm -hmm. that life doesn't have to be what you were always told it's going to be. Oh my gosh. Something different. I know. And even when you start your business, you can change your business. I mean, look at what I've done. I mean, there's so much identity that we have around like who we are is what we do and what we do is who we are and all of this. And I feel like also, I totally agree. Like I have a very similar family structure. My grandpa was in the military, a bunch of kids, my dad's family, my grandma was a military mom, wife, you know, they moved around in the South a lot, like mostly in Florida, but, you know, they lived in Georgia, you know, all places, yeah. Texas for a little bit. But, you know, he worked at the telephone company. He retired from Bell with his pension and, you know, but my, and same with my dad. My dad has had like a very like, like engineer career track. And then after the like 2008 or so crash, he decided to become a military contractor and go back and he was in Iraq and now he works for FEMA and I've seen him like pivot his career in so many different cool ways. And I, I applaud him too, because he comes from a very different type of structure. Like that, that took courage too. I actually, I do actually applaud a lot of like sort of my, I, I am like definitely like my father's daughter in a lot of ways, seeing people do what they want to do and live out their dreams on social media can either keep us feeling like we're not enough and we're really small and keep us in our box and girl how'd that happen yeah the title of this and you could be like you could go one way or the other you could say you know what i can't do it as well as them or other people are already doing this there's a million sleep coaches out there there's a million social media managers out there there's a you know there's a million you know virtual PTs out there and it's like yeah but that's because there's a need and if they're doing it it doesn't mean that you can't do it it just means you have to find your unique way to do it and you have to find your I talk a lot about finding your niche I'm a huge proponent of it finding your voice setting yourself up as a thought leader figuring out your messaging and who you are is going to be different than who they are and that is going to be the biggest point perspective point of view differentiator of your business compared to them and doesn't matter how shiny their marketing it is it doesn't matter how put together they look behind those little squares behind their business is some person feeling forward struggling to figure it out out hiring the wrong people yeah spending thousands of dollars on courses that they don't take you know joining maybe a coaching program that didn't pay off you know Having typos in their Canva graphic, you know, making, saying like, oh my God, I started my own podcast, saying like too much on a freaking <laughs> podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I feel like I need to have a, a bracelet that says life when I record because I'm just sort of, you know, blown away by how much. I, but anyway, there are so many things in those people's world that they're wanting to constantly change and fix and course correct and make better and by you just not starting your business you're not even giving yourself an opportunity like to fail to course correct to and then god forbid to succeed 
and change lives and have impact. Like if you're making sourdough bread and that's like your thing, like go and make sourdough bread and go make the best sourdough bread. Yeah. Have your story about it and have it be because your grandma taught you how to make sourdough bread and you know, light filled, dreamy kitchen and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, and now your sourdough bread company is called like Eleanor's Loaf or whatever. Cause you're look at you Eleanor. making a full business out of like I know, but thin air. I just get so, I get so sad. I think for women who compare themselves so ruthlessly to other women online, let alone moms, like people might see what I'm doing. I have a lot of child, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have resources to pay for childcare. Yeah. So if you are judging your yardstick against my yardstick and you don't have childcare, like I want you to like put that on a post-it note that like you need more. I have more resources than you. So maybe I can do more. Yeah. And is that, a, is that like a societal broken part of our society? 100%. Yes. yes. Like 100%. And does a lot of my income go to childcare? Yes. And do we have to make that sacrifice? Yes. But I think there's not enough people online sharing, you know, like how they're actually making it work. Yeah. And instead, it just looks like they're making it work. Yeah. Instead, like overnight yeah. fast, which is just so not true because there's so much so roller coaster before. before you get to that part. Well, it's funny that you say that about childcare. That's literally why I left the like traditional workforce was because when I got pregnant with my or when I had my my son, my second child, I I was going to be paying more in childcare than I was going to be making and like, bringing home. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this doesn't make any sense for me to be working to only pay for child oh, God. for someone else to I raise my kid. This thing I just heard this thing like average childcare costs are like twenty five hundred a month, like per child or something. So if someone makes. 75,000 a year, then they net like 50 or whatever. And then 30, it's just like, I, it was this whole breakdown of just take home and pay. And yeah. who is the person in the family who's typically walking away from the workforce to counter act the childcare? It's usually women. I mean, we have like yes. from like 16, 17% drop off of moms in the workforce, which where we're talking about uh, a high volume of people in the workforce i mean 16 percent is not like a small amount of people i mean it's just crazy yeah yeah it's funny my husband and i were just having the same conversation because i saw a statistic like that about women's careers and when compared to motherhood compared to their the spouse the the man yes and it was it was insane i think it was even higher number in those relationships it was like their career like plummeted Uh, yeah was it from the economy you saw that it was yeah curve it was like yes that was what i was looking at the economist yeah. yeah. And it's so, but it was funny because I told Luke about that and he was like, yeah, but do you think a lot of those moms choose to do that? And it's like, yeah, I'm sure. sure. You're like, they choose they, it, but is it because they are with their backs against the wall? Yeah, exactly. Like if my exactly. back's against the wall, I'm going to choose like the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And then, That's what I was trying to tell him too. And he just didn't understand because when I had my son and I made this decision to come out of the traditional workforce, I came home, but I'm not like, I don't, I've never wanted to be just a stay-at-home mom. I love my children dearly, but I, I feel like stifled in just being that. And a lot of women don't, and that's great. And I am so happy for them, but that just wasn't yeah. me. And, and so that's when I started clear. the this. And let's be clear, being a full-time stay-at-home mom is the harder path. Oh, like, for, like for. I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms. And I'm like very careful how I talk yeah. about working moms i mean obviously in my world of motherhood 
in my business, but I'm very clear about how I talk about single moms, solo moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms, you know, third shift moms, you know, side hustle moms. Like there are so many different trajectories in motherhood and being full-time without anything else would, I don't know if I could do that. I think that that would be very isolating for the person I am. And I know that I am such a better mom because I run a business and because I have this super creative outlet to fuel my self-esteem and my community and my friendships and my, it nurtures the part of my brain that it really needs to be nurtured. And yeah, your husband is, is your husband's no different than I think a lot of partners who just don't really understand this because I mean, honestly, the dad or the husband or whatever, the partner, like they're typically not the ones who have to make these decisions about their careers because the thing is is that moms are already making these decisions long before they're forced to because we're the ones like we want to have another baby and here I am like well shoot when 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 can we afford and when can I mentally emotionally physically spiritually afford to get a pregnant yep. again meanwhile I want to grow a big family but when can I emotionally mentally financially spiritually physically afford to get pregnant again yeah and I don't know if like other partners are really feeling the weight of that like my husband is like the most supportive wonderful same yeah same and I know we have very similar type husband and but they're he's not carrying that around yeah He's showing exactly up with me in it and like supporting me in it, but he's not actually carrying around the weight of that like moment in time. Like, okay, once I get pregnant, we have, I have nine months and then I have a maternity leave and there's so much coordinating when you're in business. And then what is that? How far does that put me behind? It's, I mean, I'm also, I also know that we are older parents. Like I'm going to be 39 in September. I don't, I don't think I'm like an old, old parent, but I am, I'm on the older side of, of motherhood. I mean, you definitely had your babies way younger than me, right? So it's not my fault that I'm in my peak earning potential years while also having our first babies. And so it's like, I'm going to have toddlers while I'm supposed to be speaking on stages and getting the most, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's. It's just, this is the life that we're in and it's for that's the mental load right there. That's exactly why I do what I do. And like, it's that mental load. And the fact that I have resources makes it a little bit easier, but it doesn't make it fair. It can be easier, but it's still not fair. And every single mom is operating in an unfair system when it comes to sacrificing their careers and their family. And that's just the truth. And if men had to be in this role and if men were making policy and they had to be in this role this would not be we would not be here I there's no way so I agree with everything you just said and it's it is not it's not a blast on men in general because like you said you have a super supportive husband I do too it's not a blast on moms that stay at home it's just a real it's just it's what you do right like it's a real community of people who are literally listening to this whether on Instagram or on the podcast and they're just shaking their head like Yes. Yeah. Yes. You hear me. You see me. And even though like we can't change it right this second, mm-hmm. like right in this moment, in this conversation as much as I wish we could, it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like yeah. I'm not imagining this. No. I'm not crazy. I feel validated in it. And I hope that's what people take away from this is that 
they're not like they're not crazy what they're feeling is is not like it's not okay that they have to feel that way or that they do and what you're building for in made for mothers is just like it almost makes me like emotional because Mm. to carry this load together as a community and know that what we're experiencing other people are experiencing too and they understand and just like wrapping our arms around each other it's going to be such a lighter load because then we can help each other and mentally it's a lighter load yeah. knowing you're doing it with people the, com- the community and so right there yeah it's absolutely incredible and i think not only is that fantastic for us you know in this year in this season in this time but it's also awesome for our children yeah, our daughters you know like i only had one but i want her to know that when she has a child, she has choices. If she wants to stay home with her kids, then I love that for her. If she wants to run a business or continue running a business or, you know, being whatever she's being, a lawyer or a, a hairstylist or whatever, you know, like I want her to know she can choose any of those choices and that there will be people who will help her shoulder yes. the burden because there's yes. always a burden. Always it's not like it goes away, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Hey, just real quick. I wanted to make sure that you knew about a really cool event we have coming up at the end of the month. It's called One Hour Ads and we're literally going to help you get your Facebook ads, ads up in one hour or less. We're going to be focusing on a retargeting ad, which just means anyone who's interacted with your Facebook, Instagram, or website will see this ad. So it has a ton of potential and at only two $2 a day in ad spend, it is a no-brainer. So make sure you join us. Go sign up at one. That's the number one, ourads.com. Okay, let's get back to talking now. And I do feel I do feel like we do teeter back and forth between that like helplessness and then feeling really supported and helplessness and feeling really supported. And I just think surrounding yourself with surrounding yourself with women, moms, whatever. I know this isn't like a, it's all this. Of course, everywhere I go, the conversation turns to motherhood. But it the fact is, is if whatever season of business you're in, whether you're just getting started, whether you are working full-time corporate and building something on the side, whether you're building a business during nap time, whether you're building, you know, whether you're about to pivot, it doesn't matter what season you're in. If you're in year one, two, three, if you're in year one, go find someone who's in year three. Maybe don't go find someone who's in year 10, you know, go find someone who's in year three, go find someone who's just a little bit ahead of you. But then also, surround yourself with a whole crap ton of people who are in year one because i think that having people that are speaking the same language with you sure my language motherhood early motherhood ashley's language not early motherhood you are not ashley is not trying to figure out like how to squeeze in work with naps you have three beautiful kids who have or in school you have a very different set up yep. I do now can we relate on a lot of the key components of motherhood and running a business can I use you as a resource to help me navigate early motherhood and God you know bringing another baby into the world and having multiples and all of that yes having like maybe high meds medical needs pregnancies yes having a home birth yeah I just told all of Ashley's birth stories all in case I get you can but, tell my thing you know, <laughs> yes but are you in a different season of business than be because you have kids who are basically in full-time care via school right mm-hmm. yeah well i thought he goes to daycare but yeah but yeah they're all in very care. yes very but very different right however it's like i need women like you who are a little bit farther than me in my motherhood season and then i also need women like you who are in my business season and I also need to be surrounded by women who are just starting their business because it reminds me and it puts me back. It's like we all just need each other. And I do think that something happened particularly around the pandemic 
where if you were on any type of island, it doesn't matter, that island got farther and farther and farther and farther and farther away from shore, whatever, however metaphor you want to, you know, your, your life, your rowboat became harder to, 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 and there is, I think, still an energetic, like, heaviness and dust around community. And thank God we have the internet and we have Instagram and we can have, like, online besties and we can have these communities. But if I could just encourage anyone to get into a real in-life community, go to a conference, go to a workshop, go to a, I don't even care, go to a freaking chamber event, even though that's, like, so not my my jam. But like, go get out there, go get like the biggest, nearest metro city near you and go get into places where people are speaking similar languages, even if they're not in your industry. Oh my gosh, like if it's your industry, that's even better. But even if they're not speaking like your same industry talk, they are still passionate and driven and bold and they're putting themselves out there and they're building a business while failing forward. And I think that if anyone could do anyone else a favor it would be talking more about the struggle and the failing and the lessons and the missteps and you know the things that they invested in that they you know are bummed that they invested in and you know all of that absolutely I totally agree with that I think my business really took off when I joined the mastermind I'm in now I feel like I was and you were and you were part of that those early days when I had just transitioned out of wedding photography was and getting into the agency and stuff and for a long time I just felt like I was like spinning my wheels because I knew I knew I wanted more than not that the agency is not great because we still have it and I love it and I love working with clients and being in there but I wanted to go further and make a wider impact okay. especially for people who couldn't afford to have their their ads made yeah. for them and I just couldn't figure it out until I got into this mastermind that I'm in now and then I'm looking at people who have seven and eight figure businesses who've been where I am and been like oh you're it's a mindset thing for you. It's not that you can't do these things. It's just that it's a mindset thing. Literally, Literally the conversation. These are the steps I took. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and so Natalie Frank literally just looked at me and she was like, everything that you're, you're telling me you're confused about in terms of like this decision, every single one of those decisions is a distraction. And she's like, if you really yeah. want to do it, you'll just go do it. And I was like, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> just freaking do it. But I love that so much. But the thing is, like, did you, there's no way without having someone like her talk to you, which Natalie, oh my gosh, like, be still my heart. I love Natalie. She is incredible. And she doesn't even know who I am. But I think that without having someone say that to you, who you trust, because you know, they've been through something similar. Like, there's no way you would have, or not no way, but it would have taken you a lot longer needed to, I think, see this. The gap. Yeah. Closes that gap time. It's like, close the gap. Can we all just close the gap? I had a mentor growing up always say that. Close the gap. Lesson learned. Close was the gap. Move forward. Go. You That's know? so funny because my mentor actually says something similar. She talks about taking a piece of paper and instead of that timeline, you're floating it. You're just bringing the timeline piece together. Yeah. 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 Same same, same concept. And it's learn, so true. Yeah. She always used to tell me to do. Absolutely. A lot of it was around dating, but. No, dating, business. She was like, mom, she was like another mama, but she's also a business mentor too. But a lot of it was anyway. Yes, close the gap. I love yeah. that. Well, this has been incredible, Mariah. Is there anything that you would say to someone who is maybe starting out? I think we've, we've given yeah. a lot of advice yeah. and, and hopefully to help change some stuff, change some perspective here. But is there anything that you're like, you know what? When I was starting business, this is one thing that I'm like, just freaking do it. Or I wish I would have done something differently. Or is there anything that you would tell someone just starting? Yeah. Out? I mean, 
I feel I'm a real, yeah, there's a lot of things I would, there, in one way, no, I wouldn't change anything because I'm sitting exactly where I'm supposed to sit. And I feel like I've made every lesson and every success and every trial and error. And I feel like, you know, yes, I am sitting exactly where I'm supposed to sit. And I needed to go through like a really transformational experience with motherhood. And I needed to have a really nasty client fire me three weeks postpartum for me to realize I never want to work with anyone who's not a mom. And then I realized, wow, moms really need community. And so Made for Mothers was really birthed along with my son. And it was the perfect divine time to you for me. However, thank you. However, knowing what I know now versus who I was when I first started in my business, you know, five, six years ago, I wish... I would have put more time and energy into becoming the most financially literate person that I possibly could. Yeah. There's, there's like a community, they have a podcast and there's a community and it's like a low cost membership. It's called Factora Wealth and they have a wonderful Factora Wealth and it's, they have a wonderful podcast, something like coin and something, another one coin, coin and coffee. And they do, they, they basically have a mission of helping every single woman become the most financially healthy, educated person possible. There's so much statistics and so much data around women and our lack of representation in traditional financial systems. Mm -hmm. So something like only like 2% of women are represented in the stock market because if they don't have like a traditional employer who is giving them benefits like, you know, investing in retirement benefits, which are getting into mutual funds and all this. But I wish I understood everything that my CPA knows. I wish I understood everything my financial planner. I wish I understood my bookkeeping. I wish I understood write-offs. I wish I understood leveraging certain things. I wish I understood how to, you know, basically like, how can I leverage having a business while also having an investment property, while also having a baby, while also blah, blah, blah. And I think it's a language that we don't know. And so it's scary to learn it, but I've learned everything else. And this is still an area in my life where I feel like knowledge is power. And the more I can understand how money works in our country and in our government and how that affects me as a small business owner, me as a mom, me as a family contributor, you know, like me as an individual, I just think that would be something that I would put a lot more time and energy into day one, because as soon as you start making real money, like significant money, it's really, really easy to spend it back into your business without knowing like the true profit loss sort of complication. So I made a lot my first few years, like multi six figures, but I also spent and I think wasted and didn't really understand how to really view that part of my business because I was just like blown away. Like, yeah, you know no, same. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. They're paying, you know? And so there's like that adrenaline rush of making money. But then I think when you can get through that like dopamine cycle and that adrenaline cycle and you can push pause and you can say like, I wish I would have taken like $50,000 out of my business and maybe put it into like a, this fund over here or a high yield savings account for two years. And then maybe that 50,000 would now be 75,000 because the the return on investment is compounded and it's at like traditionally like 8% and you have to keep it in there for over a year. So I, I know a lot more now, right? but 
if I would have understood then, I was just thinking like, oh, I need to have a new website. Oh, I need to like, I need to have all these like flashy things when I didn't, I didn't need any of that because I had the clients and I didn't really need any of that. So the internet can be the best place ever. And it can also be the worst place ever because it just teaches you like, it just, it's constantly telling you that you need more of things. That's kind of why I actually don't participate much on TikTok as a consumer because I am way too click to buy (laughs) and TikTok is for sure a shopping app and so I have to be very mindful of that around my own like consumerism but I that would be like my biggest piece of advice for anyone who's starting out year one or two is find groups like Factora Wealth I think it's like coffee poison person coin coffee and coin I can't change in coin or something like that where they are specifically focused on women becoming more financially literate. And there's like very low cost memberships and there's, you know, wonderful podcasts about how to better manage your money. And no one is going to grow your wealth, including the government. No one is going to help you grow your wealth more than you, yourself, and I. Like that's something that I've learned. And I've had very, very, very high tax bills that I think could have looked a lot different if I had more education and I didn't just like willingly trust a CPA. No offense on them. They have 600 clients, you know? So yeah. So very long winded, like everything else I ever talk about, but that's, (laughs) that's, I I feel really passionate about that. And I love that because I, I agree with you. I think that when you're starting the business, like we were talking about earlier, how you start your business with whatever, you know, like whether it's making bread or gardening or whatever. I think that is one of the pieces of business that is very overwhelming yeah. for a lot of people, myself included. And so even now being in business for however many years I've been in business, it's still something that I find myself avoiding and not wanting to do, which, you know, thank goodness my sister has a 10 year background in finance, which again, is not common. And so she's in here now helping, but there's recently, and I think it's just like a timing thing. I think it's just, you know, that you've said before, I think it's just when things are supposed to happen, they happen. But for me recently, I had clients and new connections that have come in that are in the finance world and they need ads. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I actually really didn't know you existed. And now it's so great. Like we have one client, Catherine LeCarrie, who has the small business planner. And it's really, it's really just finance. Like it's really mostly about finance. And she had to literally change her marketing Mm -hmm. from finance courses to a small business planner because people are so scared of oh, finance yeah. that no one would buy that, I could see but that. they're buying this, which is basically the same thing. It's just like remarketed in a different way. I got though. I yeah. Really she's, that. she's incredible. She's a genius. She lives in New York city. She's actually coming on the show in a few weeks, oh, cool. but she's really cool. And then CPAs and bookkeepers, like you said, just trusting them blindly, trusting any vendor blindly is never a good idea. Yeah. Even people come to us for Facebook ads, they have no idea. I'm like, you need to have a basic understanding of Facebook yeah. ads because I'm not going to take advantage of you, but I also need you to know what we're doing so that if you want a different strategy or if you need something different, you can be part of the conversation because it's really not good <laughs> to just yeah. blindly trust people. I've done it before, yeah. but almost every time it bites you in the butt in some yeah. way. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. I mean, there's certain things where I'm like, yeah, my pool guy can just clean the pool. Like, I don't need to know about the chemical. Sure. But it's so funny because my husband's out there like, teach me everything about the chemical compound. I want to do it myself because eventually I don't want to pay for you. You know what I mean? I'm just like, there are certain places where I don't need to know all the things, but I yeah. think having like a basis understanding around certain, I think you can be a generalist in a lot of areas, but I want to be a expert in this area. Yeah. Like, I want to be an expert when it comes to money. And that's also a very privileged perspective. And I understand that because I grew up with nothing. And so it's like, I 
to even be able to say, I want to understand how money works means that I must have some. And that's not always the case. And so I see my own privilege for sure and my own hard work and what I've earned. But, you you know, you can't understand something that you don't have. Right. So if you start making money, you start making real money learn as much as you can about it and how to manage it the best you can and then learn how to make your money make you more money and i think that that you know that's like the truth of not to sound like the walking cliche of the year but to me that is the american dream you know like i mean that i'm sorry that's the american dream i'm gonna make money and then i'm gonna have my money making more money like that's yes that's great and i get to do all of that while serving moms and living up my purpose and raising my family and being a great mom and you know and coming on podcasts having conversations with biz besties like hell yeah i love that so much i think like i think i have my own biases i know i have my own biases and mindset issues around money and i've and i've known that for a long time something that i have to work against but i think if i had heard what you're saying even even now and especially like five six years ago i would have been like well i'm not starting a business because i don't know any of that But I think that don't let that hinder you. Don't like anyone listening. Don't let anything in business that overwhelms you hinder you from just trying because there are incredible people out here who can, you can learn from and you don't have to buy their thousand dollar course. Like what Mariah's talking about with that really low cost membership and just the education available on the internet these days. Yes, you have to be careful and you have to make sure that you're learning from people who have done what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. But there's so many resources out there and just the things that you shared. I'll look up a few more and I'll share, you know, Catherine's stuff and yeah. a couple of CPAs and bunch of that. Too, sure. Yeah, no, you love Catherine. Well, I'll definitely have to introduce you to. But it's just good. And it all comes back to community because yes. if you're in a community of like-minded people, you're going to meet people like you, like Catherine, like these bookkeepers and social media managers and website designers. I, I yeah. hire the people that I have a same value system with and I work with the people that I have a same yeah. value system with. And that is what makes my work so fulfilling yeah. and helps me feel like I am truly not only leaving my legacy on the world, but also helping all yep. of these other women who I not have a legacy they want to live too. I'm investing in there. Investing yeah. in their legacy. Yes. Yeah. I will only work with yeah. moms. I won't work yeah. with anyone who's not a mom anymore. You, I do not want to explain why my toddler is banging on the door. I'm sorry. I guess yes. I just want you to be like, oh, you know, like I can't, I won't, I won't. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that may be your forever, especially in the the trajectory. the trajectory. Thank you. The trajectory you're going, that might be your forever. I have found myself in seasons of only wanting to work with women or only want to work with moms or whatever. And we have a couple male clients. And I think that, and it's, and we love the clients that we have that are men and, but they're all married, also have yep. kids under, like they're very like girl power. So I think that there are men who can also have the same values. Yep. And it's, and it's not as common. I don't think like for them to be as like loud about it. So maybe I just don't find them, but it's also okay to just have seasons of, I need a safe place to be and moms feel safe to me right now. Yeah. Or I need a safe place and like really kind women or nonprofit or this type, like that's okay. That's okay. You can do whatever you want. It's your business. (laughs) Like, you know, and I, and yeah, and and it's it's seasons and I'm just sort of like, this is the season I'm in. It's okay. Like claim it. Why? Good one. (laughs) stay under whatever you know but i love this conversation ashley so much thank you so much for you know just creating this space for business owners to you know get poured into and for not for business owners like me to take a step back and look through our trajectory and our history and sort of like gosh what was the genesis of that business and how did yes like how did that happen and how did we get here and 
it's really humbling, I think, to take a step back and to look and see like the pivots and the growth and the mistakes and the success and the people who supported you along the way, which I, you know, value you in my life and my business and our friendship so much. But I really hope that if anyone knew or in business and they listen to this, then they feel inspired in some way or the other. And I think that that's the best we can do in terms of leaving a legacy. So, you know, filling other people's cups up while it also fills ours is like, that's like the ultimate synergy. And that's what I'm always looking for. I love that. I love that. Ryan, this is amazing. I Thank cannot you. wait to get it out on the podcast for even more people to hear it. Where can we find you at in our internet world? In the internet world, Mariah Stockman, everything's under Mariah Stockman. It's MariahStockman.com. It's Mariah Stockman on Instagram. We have a Made for Mothers. I have a Made for Mothers podcast, which if anyone wants to go there and give me a five-star rating and leave a review. I don't even care if you listen, if you just want to leave a review on the Made for Mothers podcast, there's something about getting reviews on podcasts that are like, help gets your podcast heard more. It doesn't even yeah. matter listening to it. It's so funny. I feel like I'm on this like podcast review pilgrimage right now. You know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'll go create some new emails so I can do that. Leave a review, a positive one. Awesome. And yeah, I hang out on Instagram a lot. That's that's my place. And then if you're, for some reason, if you're in Northern Virginia or different parts of Maryland or outside of DC, we have monthly meetups made from other meetups that are in person. And, you know, if you listen to this and you're like, man, I really wish I had a made for mothers chapter in my town and I really want to lead it and you really want to have the support in launching something like this, we are franchising and we are launching chapters in other, you know, cities, anywhere where there is a mom in business who feels called to build a community through Made for Mothers, like I'm here for it, like, please reach out. And that's, that's a big call to action. That's a big, fun, bold, beautiful call to action. That's kind of newer for me to be talking about. So I mean, who would have thought that one in-person meetup would now maybe potentially grow to meetups across the country? But yeah, that's, that's me. That's all the thing. I love that. Well, the one meetup happens to be with like the small business community leader of like the country, Natalie Frank. So I feel like almost like we should tag her in this. Be like, Natalie, you need to. I know. I love her. I'm going to do a whole Instagram story on her today about her meeting yesterday. I just be like, oh my gosh, my whole energy is so shifted from our conversation yesterday. So all good things. I love that. All right. Well, you guys go follow Mariah. And we'll be back next week with Abby Grace, who is a photographer, oh. wedding photographer, and has a really cool story. Like wow. the Abby Grace? The Abby Grace. Yeah, she lives near you, I think, actually. She doesn't. I think so. She's in my mastermind, which is why you should join my mastermind. <laughs> I wish. That's so crazy. Oh, yeah, she does live near me. I have so many photographer clients. If she listens to this, I have so many photographer clients, mom, who use her as like, she's my like epitome dream mentor. Like, it's so crazy. That's so crazy that she's coming. Well, Abby is, she's incredible. She's one of the most real and genuine people I've ever known. And I started out kind of fangirling over her and then it turned into a real friendship being in the same mastermind. But you know, she has two boys who she's adopted and she's pregnant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She told me at the last mastermind, I literally cried because I was just so happy for her. (laughs) Okay. So it's like common knowledge that he didn't just put a pregnancy on black. Oh, no, no, no. It's very common (laughs) knowledge. She's sharing it on Instagram. I think she's almost halfway. So Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to let you go. I love you so much. You've been listening to Girl, How'd That Happen with your host, me, Ashley Bradswell. If you liked this episode, then we would love it if you would share it with your biz bestie. And we'll see you next week.
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode with Mariah Stockman. She is one of my absolute favorite people, and those conversations always get me so fired up, especially because we share so many passions and convictions. If you want to find Mariah on Instagram, it's Mariah Stockman. That's where she hangs out the most, but we will also be linking her podcast and her website in the show notes below. Again, thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next week.